in September, we asked you to explain Bayesian analysis to us as simply as you could in a journalistic headline and lead sentence. Forty of you submitted entries using everything from Netflix to the moon to newspapers to help you explain Bayes. Today on Stats and Stories, where we explore the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics, we talk with uh, our Better Bayes winner. Stats and Stories is a production of Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film, as well as the American Statistical Association. I'm Rosemary Pennington. Joining me in the studio is regular panelist John Baylor, chair of Miami's Statistics Department. Media, Journalism, and Films, Richard Campbell, is away today. Um, before we tell you who won the Better Bayes competition, John and I are going to share um, the four runners-up. We uh, should have a drum roll right now. I know. <laughs> I am not talented <laughs> no, no enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I should have thought about that before we came in here. <laughs> so I'm going to read the first. Um, was Lucy D'Agostino McGowan. Her headline was Using Bays to Binge, a Netflix original series, and her lead, Deciding which Netflix series to binge based on prior shows you've enjoyed, Pick one. One episode in, decide if you like it. Not sure? Watch another episode. You're a Bayesian. The second in the list of runner-ups is Rasmus Bach that with the headline, Bayes is Uncertainty Modeling. Use the language of probability to describe what you know and what is uncertain about a situation. Add data, voila. Bayes uses the new information to optimally reduce the uncertainty. Our third runner-up, uh, not in one, two, three order, just on the list of runners-up, <laughs> is Alex Holcomb. Uh, his headline is a Bayesian film noir uh, with the lead, round up the usual suspects, sergeant. But sir, we haven't a clue. True, we don't, but we do have a prior. Later in the story. Help me update my prior, friar. Rev Bayes didn't laugh, but he got to work. <laughs> and the last in our list of runner-ups is Joshua Bond's contribution with headline, How Uncertain Are You? And that was the un was parenthetically. So <laughs> how certain or uncertain are you? And with the lead sentence, imagine choosing your route to work, but without Google Maps. Your decision will depend on some data. For example, the weather and your prior experience driving these routes. Bayesian analysis is a mathematically principled way to combine data and prior information for decision making under uncertainty. Uh, about 40 of you, as we said, entered the contest. Our winner is actually a professor of economics at Roosevelt University, uh, Steve Ziliak, and we have him here with us. Thank you so much for being here today, Steve. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted. Um, do you have your entry handy? I do. Uh, would you mind reading it for us? Not at all. It would be my pleasure. Better Bayes found in linked haiku. Bayesian method. Making stuff you partly know link that which you don't. Frequentist methods fear the null hypothesis and large p-values. It pays to go Bayes, epistemologically obvious in prior. <laughs> <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. <laughs> That's great. I want to know, John, do you fear the null hypothesis? <laughs> <laughs> well, perhaps I'm just not a dyed-in-the-wool frequentist. I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm more pragmatic in my, my particular belief system. <laughs> no, I thought this was great. Yeah. So, unfortunately, our, our uh, judges, who were Carrie Mengerson, who was uh, – a distinguished professor uh, at 
Queensland uh, University of Technology. And Annie Laurie Blair, who is a professor of journalism here at Miami, were unable to join us. And we were going to ask them why they chose a haiku instead of a news lead. So since we don't have them, I'm going to ask you why you decided to submit a haiku to the contest and how you came up with this. Oh, you took my question. I wanted to ask uh, that one. <laughs> you got to be faster, John. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, thank you so much again. When I saw I, I actually saw the advertisement um, for the competition on Twitter. And uh, I just got so excited. I, I, I just cracked up laughing as soon as I saw it. And uh, and actually, it, it didn't take me long to write my entry. I, I felt so inspired. <laughs> <laughs> I really did by the constraint of the six word title uh, and the 30 word lead. I just thought, oh, this is this is what I this is something I really love. And uh, so the, here's the history there. Um, uh, prior to doing the PhD in economics, I was running around with poets and painters and, and other artists. And I had the good fortune of meeting a poet called Etheridge Knight. Uh, he was a, uh, a protege initially of Gwendolyn Brooks, the, uh, the poet laureate of, of uh, Chicago and the United States and indeed the black arts movement. Mm -hmm. And Etheridge uh, first learned poetry uh, as a formal student from her. Anyway, he became a great poet. One Robert Bly calls Etheridge Knight America's greatest oral poet uh, ever, that in Bly's opinion. And uh, Etheridge was into haiku. And he knew that I had a bachelor's degree in economics. And one day he said, Steve, you should put haiku and economics together. That would be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, and, he's, and I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And then for about 10 years, I, <laughs> I kept thinking it would be cool, and I never did it. And then, funny enough, you know, um, a lot of strange things can happen in, in pubs, in bars, right? Yeah. And I <laughs> You're going to share something was... you can have for a general audience, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, I was teaching, um, so uh, this was in the early 2000s, I was teaching at the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta. And uh, I had uh, classes with up to 225 science, engineering, uh, wow. social science, and computer science students. So big auditorium, 225 kids. And I was looking for ways to connect with them, you know? And I, I put on the microphone. I, I, I'm like you all, like I, I combine humanities with uh, the sciences and statistics. And uh, I do it in my teaching and in my research. And so, you know, I strap on the mic and I walk around the, uh, with the kids, but I still, I wanted a deeper connection. And one day I, I walked into a local pub and uh, some of my buddies were writing haiku. And suddenly what Etheridge Knight had said to me back in uh, 1991, all came uh, rushing together. And, and that night I wrote 22 haiku about economics. <laughs> economic theory, you know? Wow. That was a pent-up effort. That was, that was, that was, that was building up. <laughs> uh, so one of the, in fact, the very first haiku I, I wrote has now um, been published and in, in, it's shown up in a lot of different places from like The Economist magazine to a poetry magazine magazine which which gives me a lot of pride i have to admit yeah um, me too. i would me too uh, if i were you <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Thank you. I, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll tell you what that haiku oh, is. Oh, please. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. It goes like this. Invisible hands, mother of inflated hope, mistress of despair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I think we, maybe our next contest, we have to really go hi, all, all in on <laughs> all haiku. haiku. <laughs> and all Why haiku contests. Yes, let's do it. I'm not sure Richard would buy in on Richard's that. Richard's not going to go for <laughs> I don't it. Know if he would. <laughs> what does he want? Sonnets? <laughs> I don't. Maybe. <laughs> so what? Well, what's, well, I'll make a pitch for it because that's where the count, you know, counting and efficiency and loss functions are are three things that economics, statistics, and haiku share in common. So I think of that haiku. Uh, uh, form as a budget constraint, the way that economists think of prices and incomes and wealth as a budget constraint. But what you're trying to do is extract as much information out of that little poem, uh, a, a lot like we do in statistics, trying to extract information out of, let's say, small sample data. So the other way I came into this, into Bayesian statistics and, and uh, estimation and, and so forth, is uh, through my criticisms of significance testing, going back to my research with Deirdre McCluskey in the 1990s, we published a paper called The Standard Error of Regressions in the Journal of Economic Literature, where we showed that about 70% of our colleagues publishing in the leading journal, general interest journal of the profession, the AER, uh, about 70% of them didn't really know what significance testing could do for them. That is Fisher's p-value, students' t-tests, and so on. And they, they mistook a statistically significant result for being economically or otherwise policy important, let's say. And likewise, if they did not find statistical significance at a bright line level, such as p less than 0.05 or t greater than 1.96, then they thought they had no nothing of economic importance mm. to bother about and ignored the the uh, parameter estimation, ignored uh, maybe the uh, policy opportunity, or indeed maybe they ignored a, uh, a great uh, toxic um, social externality that needs to be addressed, even though not uh, statistically significant as conventionally defined. And so the other part of that is that in microeconomics, we're told that um, expected utility theory uh, postulates the probability of some event relative to the utility uh, that one would get under the uh, realization of that event. Um, and likewise, in game theory, we say that there are agents who have Bayesian um, learning capabilities. And so as the sequential game or the repeated game uh, goes on and on to end, plus whatever, uh, people can learn from it and update their beliefs the way that Bayesian probability allows them to. But then when I turned around and looked at the textbooks for econometrics and statistics, it's all null hypothesis testing and, and that little thing. So I say in haiku, little p-value, what are you trying to say of significance? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's very good. I, 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 I suspect that you appreciate kind of the, the ASA efforts with, with sort of the, the recent statement that they had made on p-values that the society has been pushing forward on, on kind of deeper and better understanding of these ideas. 
I want to give you well a... uh, absolutely i i just just to say that i i had the the great pleasure um of being uh, one of the behind the scenes contributing authors to that statement oh wow That's and great. uh so yeah so thank you to ron wasserstein and and to uh nicole lazar and and uh, the board of directors of the asa i just i can't as ron knows and and uh and barry nussbaum and others know i mean that that is so important that asa statement on statistical significance and p-values and again i I was really honored to be on on that committee that was that was great work by your group so so we certainly need to ask you to 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 say what's your favorite haiku that's statistically related that you haven't told that you haven't shared with us yet so we'll let you. Let, what's what's the what's the one you know? Like, this is like your encore number. Yeah. You know. So so imagine that that Rosemary and I are here with holding up lighters in the air. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Statistical fit, epistemological strangling of wit. <laughs> are your lighters still in the air? Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Steve, thank you so much for being here. It was so much fun talking to you, and I really do love your haiku. We had a really interesting mix of entries, and I cannot wait for the next one, and maybe we can convince Richard to do haikus. Yeah. I would love it. I'll, I'll come back anytime. I love your podcast. Keep up stats and stories, and keep up your wonderful work combining humanities and, the, and statistics and the sciences. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much. much. That's all the time we have for this episode of Stats and Stories. Stats and Stories is a partnership between Miami University's Departments of Statistics and Media, Journalism, and Film and the American Statistical Association. You can follow us on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, or other places you find podcasts. If you'd like to share your thoughts on the program, you can send an email to statsandstories at miamioh.edu or check us out at our website, statsandstories.net. And be sure to listen for future editions of Stats and Stories, where we discuss the statistics behind the stories and the stories behind the statistics.